Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Today, we want to look at the fourth principle, and that is relationships. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that you will speak to us, touch our life, change us, act to us, give us understanding and knowledge, teach us. Holy Spirit, you are a great teacher. Teach us. Let us not go back home the same. In Jesus' name, I arrest every power of darkness, every influence of the devil. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to start by saying that relationship is the very essence of life. Relationship is a significant part of human life. Think about it. All of us here today, we are where we are now because of relationship. Do you know that? First of all, you were born. You didn't just appear on earth. You were born. You were born. That means you have a father. You have a mother. And probably you have siblings. And your father also has siblings who become your uncles. Your father also has parents who become your grandfathers. One day you are going to marry or you are already married. And you will have children. And your children will have children. And then you have friends. And then you start working. You work with colleagues. So human life is about relationship. Relationship forms a part of human life. It is very important for us to know a lot about how to utilize relationships to our advantage to become successful. Because when relationship is not properly engaged, it can be detrimental. It can bring failure to you. So relationship can make you or break you. Relationships can pass you or fail you. you are, we are not now thinking about whether you are going to be in a relationship or not. Once you are a human being, whether you like it or not, you are in one form of relationship or another, or, and you are going to be in relationships. And today, I'm not just talking about married relationship alone. I'm talking about relationship, human relationships. The first thing I want us to see about relationship is that the purpose of relationship is that it is supposed to amplify your life. Deuteronomy 32 verse 30 says that one shall chase a thousand and two shall put ten thousand to flight. Give me Deuteronomy 32 30. He said, how could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? Hallelujah. One shall chase a thousand and two will chase what? Ten thousand. If you are in a good relationship, you get ten times the result you would have got if you are alone. So relationships amplify your life. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Two are better than one. So if you say, as for me, I believe in being alone, this scripture is for you. You may do well a little, but you are just cheating yourself of the privilege of doing so much. When you decide to be Mr. or Mrs., I work alone. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. They have a good reward. They get better results. 
they get better results. Hallelujah. They get better results. Jesus talked about agreement between um, relationships. He said, Matthew 18 verse 19. He says, Again I say to you, that if two of you, how many? Two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Jesus is teaching that even in prayer, two people's prayer is more effective provided they agree. So there is a caveat there. There is a condition there. Provided they do what? Agree. So when relationship is properly engaged, it amplifies your capacity. It amplifies the results you get. But the challenge is that if the relationship is not a good one, then it becomes worse than if you were single. Because the, the reverse of this scripture is also true. It means that if two shall disagree, that means if you are relating with somebody who disagrees with you, what happens is that everything you attempt will not work. Then it was better you did it alone. Because if you are working with somebody who wants to go backward and you are going forward, the result is that the two of you will not go anywhere. Because the effort you, you exert in moving forward, investing the same effort in pulling you backward. So if you want to move, what do you do? You leave the person alone and you move. But if the two of you are heading the same direction, you can go further than if you are walking alone. Do you realize that sometimes, even if you are in a place that is very dangerous, maybe there's light off and you are going home right now, the place is very dark and where you are staying is a very risky area and you are going alone, you are more scared if you are two, even if the person is not armed and is not protecting you, even if the person is more scared than you. The fact that the two of you are walking, you feel better, isn't it? That is to tell you that relationship is very important. That is how life is. Sometimes in life, you may have people close to you who may not necessarily have the means to help you. But the fact that they are there with you in that moment is enough rewarding than if you are alone. Um, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 10, it says that, Woe to him that is alone. Two are better than one. But woe to him, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. That is the advantage of relationship. Relationship, take into account the fact that you are human. You are not God. Tend to anybody telling you are not God. Number two, you are not an angel. Tell him you are not an angel. Number three, you are not a spirit. Tell him you are not a spirit. Number four, you are not even the devil. You are a human being. And being human makes you liable to challenges. In human life, challenges come. And as a challenge, it may not necessarily be a problem. But human life is prone to needs from time to time. The need for encouragement, the need for advice, the need for moral support, the need for acceptance, the need for comfort. These are more than money and clothing. Needs are more than food. Being human means that relationship is important, especially if you want to be successful in life. Now, what is the purpose of relationship? What is the purpose of relationship? Purpose of relationship is sharing. Everybody say sharing. 
So in every relationship, there has to be what? Sharing. What makes people to be in a relationship is when there is sharing. Once there is no sharing, it's not a relationship. It's something else. What is the meaning of sharing? To share means give and take. So in every relationship, you are giving something and you are receiving something. You are giving and you are receiving. Once there is a relationship in which only one person is giving and only one person is receiving, the thing is no more relationship. It has become something else. (laughs) So when I say relationship, I'm talking about two people coming together in agreement. Remember, in agreement. And making a commitment to make investments into one another and also receive from one another. Make what? Investments and also receive. Make deposits and also make withdrawals. In every relationship, there has to be deposits and withdrawal. There has to be giving and receiving, sharing. But that depends on if the two people first agree. So agreement is very important in the first place. The second thing is, let me explain the issue of sharing a little. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Two cannot work together except they agree. Agreement is very important for relationships. Power relationships, effective relationships, agreement. Jesus said when two shall agree, they can get a lot accomplished. For two people who are in agreement, when I say relationship, I'm not only talking about two people. Okay? The smallest unit of a relationship is two people, but it could be more than two. Okay, we'll come to look at various levels of relationship. But when two people agree, then they have to understand the place of what? Sharing. Now, it means that for you to decide to relate with somebody, that person must be somebody you respect enough to, to be able to make deposits into your life. Because you can never give what you don't have. So when you relate with people, they make deposits into your life. So there must be people you respect that they have something that when it comes into you will be good for you. So respect is very important. You cannot have a good relationship with somebody you don't respect. The moment you don't respect the person, then it means that that relationship has questions. There might be somebody that you respect, somebody that you value. That is the second thing. Somebody you respect, somebody that you value, and the third one is somebody you love. So, when we talk about power relationships, we are talking about strategic relationships that can enhance your potential, your capacity, strategic relationships that can help you fulfill your dreams and visions in life, and At the same time, strategic relationships in which you are not just taking advantage of the people, but you are also making significant deposits in the the person's life. In a strategic relationship, people benefit from what you have, and you benefit from what they have. So the kind of people that you must call a close relation 
are people you respect and who also respect you. A close relation must be somebody you respect and who also respect you. The moment you respect the person but he doesn't respect you, he can't be a close relation to you. The moment the person respects you but you don't respect the person, it can't be a close relation. So, it might be somebody you respect who also respects you, somebody you value who also values you, somebody you like, you love, who also likes you and loves you. Then there is an interaction of deposits and withdrawals day by day as the two of you who are already in agreement move towards a common goal. The important thing about relationship is that relationship is supposed to amplify you and make you better and make you more effective and make you succeed in life more easier in a better way. Now, I want us to look at different levels of relationship. There are different levels of relationship. Different levels of relationship. Then the first one is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. Your relationship with God must be the foremost. You must know how to relate with your God well. You must know how to relate with God. You must understand that when you become a Christian, you are a child of God. And God becomes what? Your heart. Your father. You must know how to cultivate a father and child relationship. You are not just a churchgoer, a Christian, who is just in the house, who doesn't have any access or privilege before God. You need to pass through people before you can talk to God. That is not relationship with God. If you know God as your father, you know that you have confidence and direct access to him by yourself through the name of Jesus. You don't need your pastor to have access to God. You don't need to call Pastor Huber's name to have access to God. You must know you are a child of God. That is the number one thing. And how to develop that relationship? By knowing his word, praying to him, spending time with him, understanding him, hearing him talk to you, as you talk back to him, developing faith in God constantly, growing spiritually. Your relationship with God is very important. If you don't have a good relationship with God, it can affect your success along the line. It can seriously affect your success. Your relationship with God. The second level of relationship is your relationship with your spouse. Spouse. If you want to be successful, you must know the importance of having a good marriage and being faithful to your spouse. Do you know why most people want to stand uh, for election as president who don't have a good relationship with their wives? They quickly have to go and sort things out before they come and stand for elections. You know why? Because we don't respect people whose relationships are not going well. And some African countries have a history of broken marriages with specific people who wanted to be president. The moment they win the primaries, they go quickly to sort things out before they come and stand election. Because we all believe, and the Bible even has made them understand, that your home is a reflection of who you are. So, your relationship with your spouse is the most important relationship after God. After God, the, most, the closest person 
in your life is supposed to be your spouse. Because I tell you, anybody else can leave you. I tell you, I can promise you that one. Including those your friends who said, ah, I mean, no, I don't care what they tell you. One day they will surprise you. They will surprise you. But if you learn how to develop a good relationship with your spouse, because do you know why your relationship with your spouse should be the, the most important after God? Because your relationship with your spouse is supposed to be for life. It's for life. God decided that in your lifetime, there should be at least one human being who has vowed to be there with you till death do you part. Not all your friends can promise you that one. Not all your colleagues at work can promise you that. Not all family members can promise you that. Even your siblings can promise you that. <laughs> that they are with you till death do you part. No. By your spouse. That is why if you are marrying, marry somebody you know you can spend the rest of your life with. Marry somebody you know you can live with the rest of your life without running away. Marry somebody you are sure through thick and thin will be there with you the rest of your life. He loves you just as you are. He doesn't love your car or your house or your job or your beauty or your shoe. But he loves you. And if you can't find that, just wait. Just do what? Wait. Till you find the person you know, you believe and you trust the person that he can spend the rest of his life with you without running away from you one day in the face of challenge. So, your relationship with God is number one. Number two is a relationship with your spouse. Very important. Listen to me. If marriage is, is a very interesting relationship, if it's very good, it's like heaven. If it's very bad, it's like hell. It doesn't matter how, how successful you, you are becoming. If your marriage is hell, you are not a happy person. You will never be happy. You will never, ever, ever be happy. But if you ma- get married properly and you you take your married relationship seriously and cultivate good marriage and everything is going well in your marriage there may be challenges there may be difficulties but you'll be a happy person your relationship with your spouse comes before your relationship with with family never put your family before your spouse never put your parents before your spouse never put your siblings before your spouse and never put your friends before your spouse. Your spouse comes first. And with the day you get married, let everybody know. My spouse, my husband comes before you. If you don't agree with me, keep living. One day, you get to understand it. <laughs> One day, things will happen and you will realize why I'm saying what I'm saying. Relationship with God. Your relationship with your spouse. The third level of relationship is your relationship with your parents. You can just boost your chances of success by how you relate with your parents and the things they say concerning your life. You can just register yourself for frustration. No matter how wisely you think you have put everything in order for your things to work well, your father or your mother, by few words, can mess you up. Because God has given them power to bless you or curse you. What does it mean to bless? To bless somebody means empower them to succeed and to prosper. What you need from your parents is not money. It's not inheritance. You don't need those things. 
What you need from your parents is a blessing. Everybody say, blessing. Blessing. What you need from your parents is a blessing. Those of you, your parents are still alive. You should thank God. You still have the chance to be blessed before they die. And the blessing there, you don't force it. You can't go to your parents and say, bless me. Everything they say won't do much for you. If your parents call you without you asking for it, and they bless you, that's what works. Because blessing is not coming from the mouth. It comes from the heart. And when you force people to bless you, they speak from their mouth. What does the Bible say? Ephesians 6 verse 2 and 3. Honor your father and your mother. Honor them means respect them. Respect them. Don't rebel towards them. Speak good about them. Never speak evil of your parents. It doesn't matter how bad they are. Never call your mother or your father a witch. I mean, that is, should be the last thing you ever do. I don't care who told you that. Which prophet told you that. As witch as she is, she can bless you. And you will prosper. And she can still curse you. And that prophet's prayer won't save you. And a prophet who knows the Bible will teach you how to handle your mother, whether he's witch or wizard. At least he's witch, but she didn't eat you in the womb. She didn't take your fetus to the witchcraft meeting to be at. When you were born, she bathed you, fed you with her breast milk, bathed you, took care of you. This that you wanted to put your hand into fire, you wanted to touch a bare cable because you didn't know anything. This that you wanted to run and cross the road, she kept you alive. Today you are grown, you are calling her witch. That means you are not thinking well. And whoever told you that too is not thinking well. I'm telling you. The fact that you are alive today means you owe your parents gratitude. Because they could have killed you. Or even if they didn't kill, they could have allowed you to die. They could have allowed you to die. When you fell sick, all they would, they would do is not take you to hospital, just leave you. Or even if they took you to hospital and the doctor gave the prescription, they could have decided to give you overdose or not give you at all. You would have still died, believe me. But they took care of you. Some, sometimes when you are sick the whole night, they don't sleep. They didn't know God, but they took care of you. Even if they didn't look after you in school, they still took care of you. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, you break the first commandment with promise. Which other commandments are you now going to obey? (laughs) Honor your parents. Love them. Speak good about them. Treat them with respect. Give to them. Give to your parents. If you know how important blessing is, you won't say you don't have anything to give your parents. You will sell everything you have and give your parents something and give him a reason to bless you. Not going about and down every day complaining, telling your parents things are hard, things are hard. You are changing phones. Every day you are changing dresses. You are changing your shoes and saying things are difficult. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. You honor your parents. Amen? You relate with them well. I know there are, there are exceptional challenges with parental relationships. But make sure any challenge in your relationship with your parent, the fault is not yours. If the fault is not yours, God can defend you. I tell you, if your parents decide to use any evil to destroy you and you are innocent before God, he will protect you. Do your part. Honor your parents. You do your part and let God do his part. Honor your parents. Which is the first commandment we promise. Verse 3. That's you see, there's a, there's a, their condition is there. So that all, 
It will be well with you. If things are not getting well, there's a place to check. There's a check you have to do on yourself. That it may be well with you and that you may live long. So you can get yourself long life insurance by how you relate with your parents. Don't wish your parents should die early because that is the fastest way to die early. Praise God. Especially if they have some small property you are now planning how to share. Hmm. Pray that they should live long. That it may be well with you. We are talking about success. How can I be successful? I must know how to relate well with God, with my spouse, and then with my parents. Get your parents' blessing. I mean, have a good relationship with your parents. Christians or no Christians, have a good relationship with your parents. Sometimes the way you raise your parents' work can even make them want to give their lives to Christ. But when every day now, you are make them know that it is prophets that are telling you that they are evil. How can they turn to the Lord? They will never turn to the Lord. Anybody that makes you suspicious of your parents is not helping you. It's not helping you. I don't care who it is. Have a good relationship with your parents. Amen. If there's any issue about your parents, and listen to me, I know that that possibility is there. For example, I've counseled people. Their father is a fetish priest. And stuff like that, the closer you get to him, the closer you get to fetish practice, isn't it? You have to be wise. You have to know how to create a distance. But you still need to honor them. The next level of relationship is your relationship with spiritual authority. Your relationship with spiritual authority. Parental authority, spiritual authority. Now, let me say this. Every child of God must understand that the Bible tells us that you cannot be a Christian, a believer, a child of God, and succeed all by yourself without submitting yourself to a spiritual authority. If you give your life to Jesus, you become born again. God wants you to belong to a church. And not just be in the church, but honor the pastor that God has placed over the church as a spiritual head. In Jeremiah 3.15, we all know the scripture that is there. Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart. Jeremiah 3.15. I will give you shepherds. Okay? We'll look at other versions soon. Who will what? Feed you with knowledge and understanding. Verse 16. And it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that you will say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind, nor shall they remember it, nor shall they visit it, nor shall it be made anymore. Verse 15 says, I'll give you shepherds. NIV, let's look at NIV. What, what does it say? Then I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. Amplified Bible. And I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart in the final time who will feed you with knowledge and understanding and judgment. I will give you, so Amplified help you to understand, he's talking about spiritual authority. Hello? NLT. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will guide you? Who will guide you? So, 
Verse 16 says that when you multiply and increase. So what is the effect of spiritual authority over someone's life? For that person's life to amplify, to get better. Amen. It shall come to pass when you what? Multiplied and increase in the land. So God's design is that your life must be under spiritual authority so that it can increase. It can flourish. Amen. Now, the same way your parents have power to bless you and to curse you, anyone you call your pastor also has power to bless you or to curse you. Blessing means what? Empowered to succeed and to prosper. Curse means empowered to fail. That means when someone curses you, he has licensed you for failure. He has directed your life in a particular direction. Everything you do will lead you into failure. But the good thing about curses is that not everybody can curse you. That's what I like most. Not everybody can curse you. Amen. There are only two people who can curse you. You know them by now. Your parents and who? Your pastor. Listen to me. If your parents bless you, your pastor bless you, nobody can speak a curse against you and it will work. It will not work. It could even be another man of God somewhere. It won't work. <laughs> that is why you, you have to be careful who you call your spiritual father. <laughs> because the moment you call somebody your father, you have empowered him to bless you or to curse you. I, there are a lot of men of God I respect, but I don't call them father. I mean, the word father is not a joke. The way some of you, everybody is your daddy. Everybody in the neighborhood, every elderly person is your daddy. And sometimes you don't call them daddy, but they are calling you, oh, maybe I want to say, I mean, those things is very subtle. Because the easiest way somebody can have spiritual dominance over your, your life is to call you his child. Amen. The, the easiest way somebody can have spiritual control over your life is either to feed you, lend you money, or call you his child. <laughs> the people who feed you control you. The people you owe, they control you. And the people you call father and mother, they control you. Amen. So there are a few people I call father. And I, and I do it deliberately. Don't play up around it. So you have to know how to cultivate the rela- your relationship with your pastor. It's a personal responsibility. Cultivating a personal relationship with your pastor is very important to where you are going. Now, a pastor, let me say this, very important. A pastor's prayer over a church works for people at different levels. And the prayer works according to everybody's level of relationship with the pastor. Alright? When I'm taking this church, for example, and I'm beginning to pray over the church and release blessings over the church, not because I am special, but because of my position that God has placed me as spiritual authority. When I begin to release blessing, everybody receives at this level. Right? So, very, very important. Your relationship with your pastor. And relationship is of the heart. It's not from the face. 
So let's get that straight. Amen. It's from where? The heart. Because God is not looking at our faces to bless us. He looks at where? He looks at the heart. Men look on the outward. God looks at the heart. Second Chronicles 20 verse 20 says that, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe also his prophets, and you shall what? Prosper. So, the fact that you know God is not enough. I'm not saying don't know God. That is why I talk about your relationship with God first. Hallelujah. Your relationship with God first. But there is another relationship that Second Chronicles is talking about. It says if you want to prosper, to prosper means what? Make significant progress in life. Every time your life is moving forward, your life is getting better. That is what prosperity is all about. Amen? You want to prosper? You want to do well? Believe your, his prophets. And believe is of the heart, isn't it? Alright. Believe his prophets. That means that you must know how to trust someone you call your pastor. Trust him in the sense that he's human, but he occupies a place God has mandated him to make a significant impact over your life. Amen. The value that you put on your pastor determines the blessings you get, the benefits you get. Hallelujah. When you honor your pastor, you are not doing him a favor. You are doing yourself a favor. Amen? When you respect your pastor, you are not doing him any favor. And the same way, when you disrespect your pastor, you are not harming him. Amen? If you disrespect your pastor, you harm harming yourself. If you insult your pastor, it's, it's you that you are doing something to. And every pastor who understands that should not respond to insults or mind people who don't respect him. Amen? If you know, if you are a pastor and you are matured, you should just not be bothered who respects you, who doesn't respect you. Hello? That's why a good pastor, I mean, I cannot come to church and just take one person and make him subject of my preaching. I don't have time for that. Because every time, I've realized that every time I come to church, there's somebody who wants to receive. Amen. So, I, I just focus on someone who wants to receive. And I ignore people who don't want to receive anything. And I realize that the people who frown at you when you are preaching, they are just few. Why look at the few? And ignore the majority who are smiling. It, it doesn't mean those who are smiling love you anyway. But at least... <laughs> You can't do a good preaching looking at people who frown. You want to do good preaching, you look at those who are smiling and preach your heart out. Somebody will be blessed. Amen. Now, so let's get this straight. Many, many Christians are struggling because they've neglected this very important relationship. Hello? There are things you mustn't embark on without a blessing from your pastor. There are things you must not embark on. There are major decisions that you cannot just venture into it without getting your pastor's blessing. It may be a simple word. It works. Hallelujah. Yeah. I can tell you, I can make you one confession. 
There are many times people have asked me to pray for them about issues. Before I had time to pray, God has done it. Only that they didn't know I couldn't pray. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean I must be frank with you today. I mean people have rushed to me, Pastor, thank you, God bless you. I said, what is it? He said, the issue I discussed with you last, you can't imagine. And I start wondering, God, I have realized that most of the time, when people tell me an issue and I said, God is going to do it. Don't worry, I'm believing God with you. That alone has done a lot before I even had time to pray. It doesn't mean I don't pray for members. Don't misunderstand me. But I realized that the fact that you have brought that issue to the knowledge of your pastor alone has, has just brought a solution halfway. Yeah. Very important. Relationship with your, your pastor. If anybody wants to make you fail in life, one way he can do it is to interfere with your relationship with your pastor. And there are people like that. The only thing they do in church is give you thousand and one reasons why you mustn't believe in your pastor, you mustn't trust your pastor, you mustn't respect your pastor, you mustn't honor your pastor. They will tell you thousand and one reasons. And such people, they are on agenda to mess you up. Mess up your life. Amen. Every pastor is a human being. I am not condoning wrongdoing. Every pastor is a human being. There are Good pastors. There are good pastors. But the good ones may not be angels. They are still human. Are you with me? That is why no pastor imposes himself on members. Members choose their church and choose their pastor so that God can judge you well. So that God can judge you. You, can't, you enter a church. Do you like this church? Do you like the pastor? Then you stay. If you don't believe that this church is a good place, the pastor is not a good man, you have no business staying here. You have no business staying here. You should go find another place where the pastor is somebody you believe in and you trust and you respect. And his ministry can bless you. Sometimes you can go and go around and realize that uh, it's hard to find. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A relationship with your pastor. Now, let's look at one more. A relationship with your friends. Hallelujah. A relationship with your friends. Let's write all down. If I couldn't finish, you go and study the rest by yourself. Amen. Amen. The next one is relationship with your friend. The next one is a relationship with a mentor. A mentor. The next one is a relationship with a relationship with your boss. The last one is a relationship with people below you. Just people who learn from you. Are we done? Let's look a little bit about friendship because for me, that is very, very important. Who is a friend? Who is your friend? Who is a friend? Is this somebody who comes from your tribe? Somebody you get money from every time you need it? <laughs> Hallelujah. A friend. Let's define a friend. A friend is someone you can trust with your secret. Number two, a friend is someone at your level 
whom you can relate with and become better than who you are now. You relate with them, you can comfortably become better than who you are now. Alright. In Proverbs 27, 17, the Bible talks about the importance of friendship. It says, Iron sharpen iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So what is the purpose of friendship? To sharpen you. What does it mean to sharpen? Who wants to help us? What does it mean to sharpen? More effective. Hello? Friendship makes you better. Someone you relate with and you benefit from him and become better and he benefits from you to also become better. He said, iron sharpens iron. That means the two irons are sharpening one another. So there is a sharing going on. There is back and forth deposits and withdrawals going on. There is giving and receiving going on. Amen. At your level. And you trust them because, listen to me, in life there must be somebody you can trust with a secret. And you better have one now. Don't let trouble hit before you are now looking, hey, this thing, who can I discuss this thing with? Okay, let me try that, sister, only to find out. Mm. <laughs> By the time you tend, news is in town. Then you try, oh, let me try the other brother. Ah, that one cry. It was worse. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there must be somebody you can trust. And when I say secret, I'm not talking about good secret. A true friend is someone you can confide in even with the worst issue about yourself. Amen. Someone who knows the worst thing about you but still believes in you and loves you and can be there for you and can still relate with you. That is a friend. And can I say that we all have secrets? Do we? Mm-hmm. We all have. Some of you, the sad thing, the secret is no more a secret. It's in public. Even though you don't know. Because you have bad friends. You are relating with people who are not trustworthy. Now, the moment we talk about, the, the moment we mention the word trust, it means to call somebody your friend. Is not overnight issue. Because trust is developed over time, not overnight. It has to take years of knowing people, studying people. Things will happen day upon day. You are observing. It will take you years to realize some of the people you think you trust don't deserve a trust. And some of the people you are suspicious of Rather can be trusted. It will take you years to come to that place. Don't be in a hurry. You met somebody two weeks. Oh, this is my friend. And, and be suspicious of people who want to rush you into trusting them. Okay? But there are people as experts at that. They come into your life within weeks. They want to just manipulate you into trusting them. No. You take your time. Amen? You take your time. You take your time. A friend is somebody you can vouch for. 
That's why when you are, when you are signing someone's recommendation letter, they, they ask an important question. How long have you known this person? <laughs> Praise God. If you say one week, the rest of the question, you don't need to answer it. <laughs> because if you answer it, nobody will take that recommendation serious. Because like you who is, who is filling that recommendation form, you are not a serious person. <laughs> because you cannot, you cannot vouch, you cannot guarantee for somebody you can trust. Can you do that? You're not supposed to do that. So, friendship. Now, the importance of friendship is that it makes your life better. That means you must, you must find people who have the same direction of intelligence like you. Hello? Who have the same values like you have. When I say values, I mean what is most important to you in life. They must have the same direction of thinking. They must be heading the same direction. They must have the same sense of purpose and mission. So that the two of you, when you meet, you sharpen one another. You interact. You stir one another up. Now, the Bible also said there are people we shouldn't make friends with. Okay? Proverbs 20, 22 verse 24. Proverbs 22 verse 24. It said, do not make friendship with an angry man. Hmm. Should we add our own commentary to this one? Which other people should we not make friendship with? Let's, let's amplify it. A foolish man. Don't make friends with a foolish man. Why? I'll show you why you shouldn't make friends with a foolish man. The next verse. Next verse. He said, lest you learn. So listen to me. If you make friends with a thief, you are going to learn stealing. <laughs> so if there is anything you don't want to learn, make sure it is not in your friend. Gossiping, stealing, robbing. What else? Fraud. Backbiting, immorality, hello, what else? All the, don't make friends with anybody with values you don't like. Because we learn from our friends, amen? That's an important job of friendship. It doesn't mean you're going to sit you down in a classroom and say, today I'm teaching you how to steal. Point number one, praise God. No, 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 no. You will learn through influence. The more you associate with people, the more unconsciously <laughs> it, it rubs on you. That's the dangerous thing about relationships. Relationships rub on you. <laughs> Things you hate, you start doing it. <laughs> and you'll be asking yourself, what is happening to me? No, you are in a wrong relationship. Bad people are your friends. So it means that if if you also lack certain qualities that you want, what do you do? My friends, people have it. If, all, if, if you don't know how, you say, oh, I, don't, I can't pray well. Make friends with a prayerful person. Very soon you will start praying. Make friends with people who have qualities that can enhance your life. Amen? You learn from his ways and set a snare for your soul. So you can just Set yourself on the path of failure by the people you work with. The people you work with frame your character. They shape your character. They shape your behavior. One way you can help people to succeed is help them 
to avoid bad friends and help them to cultivate good friends. Amen? Yeah, simple, simple, simple. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. It says, do not be deceived. Because most of the time we are deceived. So, me, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm just working with them, but me, I know that I will never be like that. I said, do not be deceived. <laughs> do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You may have good habits. You know, Amplify said, it corrupts good character. Evil company. Who are your friends? Who are the people you are working with? It's a big question. Tell your number asking, who are your friends? <laughs> so, you know, we were classmates and, uh, you know, we've been together and uh, we, we know each other so long. And so what? Who is he now? What is he doing now? Where is he going now? It's not an issue of we are all tribesmen, we come from the same tribe. And so what? Oh, he's my, 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 my father's close friend's son. And they encourage us to also be close friends. That's not how you make friends. Evil company. Evil association. Give me the amplifier. Let's see what it says. It corrupts good character. Good habits. Do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionship. Communion. Association. So I like Amplified Bible. It will take time to help you make sure that you get everything a fool. Praise God. Is that it corrupt and depraves good manners and moral and what? Uh-huh. So now you got it. It gives you everything detail. Praise God. Evil company. The question I want us to close with tonight is, who are your friends? And it's not too late to, ha- to have good friends, but you can start. Friendship is important. Amen. You need people in your life that stand with you. Listen to me. There are, in this life, there are high moments and there are low moments. There are good times and there are bad times. If you are somebody, you walk alone. You don't care about anybody. The day of your down moments and low moments, you can be very, very lonely. And, you, and people have died because of loneliness. Hallelujah. People have died. I know a woman, powerful and anointed woman of God. My wife and I used to be close to this woman. Powerful. When she's preaching, powerful woman of God. In, in, in about, she died about um, 10 years ago. This woman died took about the third day before anybody knew she was dead. You know why? She's alone. She just can't relate with anybody. Problem with the family. Misunderstanding with the children. Hello? Her own children. None of them have a good relationship with her. Nobody. I mean, why? What's wrong? She died in the room. It's the third day before somebody found out. Look. You need to know the importance. The question I want to ask you, let me, a big question I want to ask you. Say a big question. Write that down. If you fall down right now, God, say God forbid. All right, but it's a question. 
if you fall down right now and you collapse, who will pick you up? How many people do you believe that they are in your life now that make it certain that if you collapse right now on the floor, I'm not talking about in church, because in church there, I mean, pastor will say, hey, let's carry him, let's carry him. I'm talking about if we close and you collapse at home, how many people can you trust to pick you up? Are there people who, when they see you on the floor, they just walk away? It's a big question. If you think and ponder about this question, you will realize that relationship is more important than money. Listen to me. You can have all the money in your account. If you fall down, you collapse now. Money cannot pick you up. Amen. Money can't pick you up from the floor. Only a human being can pick you up. Now, let me, let me question number two. Are you still writing? You collapse in the middle of the night, alone, in your room. And you became conscious, but you can't get up. Hello? How many people can you call with your phone and they will rush to your house at midnight? And they won't say, manage yourself, in the morning I'll come. (laughs) How many can you call? Can you trust that in the, at midnight, with all the risk, they will come. They will rush to your house. How many people? Hallelujah. And the last one, I, I asked on Sunday, if the doctor said you have only three months to live, what will you spend your time doing? Will you go to work? <laughs> or you spend that time with people close to you? If there's any. I'm talking about the doctor said you have three months to live. And God too said amen to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, do you know why many of us trivialize relationship? Because of money. Because of work. Because of other emergencies. And we are always complaining we don't have time. Hello? Yes. There are many of you married people, you don't have time with your spouse because of work. You don't have time with your children. Some of you are children, by the time they wake up, you are gone. By the time you return, they are asleep. And weekend too, you don't have time with your children. Some of you, the little time you can Plan to quality time with your friends. The same complaint. You don't have time. I have, in my study recently, I I said, if somebody says, call you a friend, but doesn't have time for you, he doesn't value that relationship. And vice versa. If you truly value a relationship with any of your friends, you will make time once a while to spend quality time with a person. Or at least call the person. People who call you only when they need something from you. They are not your friends. People who are close to you because of what they can get from you. They are not your friends. Hello? People who are close to you. People who call you. Oh, you are good, my good friend. Only when you get, they get money from you. Or they get help from you. They are not your friends. A friend 
It's not somebody who's letting with you because of what he can get from you. Because most of the time, you will meet such people more than true friends. And their only reason for the relationship is what they can get. They are never thinking of what to offer. Hallelujah. So, friendship. Very, very, very important. If you want to be successful in life, you must know how to develop all these levels of relationship. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.